Tyler Tavoli dumps it in. Wamadio got smacked into the boards. Tavoli scores! You're listening to All the Kings Men, the official podcast of the Los Angeles Kings. Wamadio has some room, lifts it across for Tavoli, gloved it down, and snapped it through Markstrom. Creates a chance for the Kings, and Kopitar scores. Very much was in the running for the MVP as Fanuf scores. Now, here's your host, Jesse Cohen. Welcome back, Kings fans. My name is Jesse Cohen. This is All the Kings Men. I know preseason games don't matter, and the Canucks are slated to be the worst team in the Pacific, but Kings win, Kings win, the Kings win. And in convincing fashion, too, I thought. It was a fun game. It was the first televised game of the preseason, and so the first chance for my father to uh, watch the actual team rather than listening to it on the radio. I called him up to get his reaction and thoughts on the upcoming season. Hope you enjoy it. Never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast. Subscription links and recent episodes can be found at lakings.com slash podcast. Joining me now, the man who taught me everything. I don't know. Was it everything you know or everything I know about hockey? Everything you know, but not everything right. I know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but but not That's everything I know. Anyway, it's <clears throat> my father. <laughs> how about uh, hockey? <laughs> yeah. How are you doing, Dad? I'm good, thanks. How are you, Jess? I'm excellent. Um so we've had our first televised game, the first opportunity you've had to watch the Kings this preseason as you live in South Carolina. What did you think, generally speaking, about the game uh, in Utah last night? Uh, you know what? I don't really – it was great. <laughs> just, <laughs> Good enough. Just to, see, just to see a hockey game with the Kings um, on my television was fantastic. Um, I did, unfortunately, have to miss the first – I don't know how long because I'd forgotten that the games are blacked out here. Uh, if the if it's on um, the NHL Network, but it didn't start on the NHL Network until nine thirty my time. So All right, I so missed, half an hour I, into the game. Well, literally when they when the Rangers game ended and they and they switched to the Kings, they switched literally just as Defoley was scoring. The first, the first goal. The first goal, yeah. So, yeah, so you saw what you, you know, to see. Yeah, no, exactly. So whatever. So, no, I, I thought it was really fun. It was fun to see the whole team, uh, and um, you know, the whole dads thing was, you know, for me quite, mm-hmm. quite um, terrific. Um, you know, partly just because it's a great story, and then you know, if you do personally, it's like, right? Because you know that me and have. Went have been friends and went to the hockey games. Are and then we, we saying, have a son. Are we saying name out loud? Is that? <laughs> oh you're, yeah, you're, you're not, right. You're <laughs> not worried people can reverse uh, can reverse deduce your identity from? Uh... <laughs> yeah, well, I, I don't know. Well, maybe. Yeah, okay. Edit that out. All right. Um, you know, my friend, my best friend, who we shared, but you know, we both have sons that are yeah. that are a bit apart in age, um, and yet you're both in in sports, and so I I, I relate sort of to that. Mm-hmm. So. So for me personally, that was great. But I, I thought I thought it was great. You know, I thought, look, for an exhibition game, I thought they looked fine. Jim Fox, I thought, pointed it out. Um, I, you know, it's <laughs> noble that he pointed it out, but maybe a little bit of a party pooper. You know, Vancouver's not going to be very good this year. Um, and so on top of it being a preseason game, it was Vancouver. And so you would hope that they would win in convincing fashion against Vancouver. But having said that, they did, right? I mean, that's what they, they did. Were... No, it, uh, yeah, I always, I yeah, no, look, he's right and all that, but I always, I, I'm with you. I always go at the end of the day, but they won. So what else? What else can you do, right? right. Like, okay, if they lost, then we could be like, uh oh, but they won. Um, 
so good. <laughs> yeah, and and convincingly. I mean, I I yeah. anticipate most games against Vancouver going that way this season. Yeah, I would think so. And you know, as I was watching, you know, you see a bit of sloppy playing stuff, and then I just thought, well. You know, the amazing thing is when I was growing up and really for, not just growing up, but well, you know, till I was pretty old, um, you know, when the players weren't in shape all year round and didn't work out and came to training camp, I mean, it would often take maybe the first 20 games of the season would be sloppy. Right. Uh, you know, and, and, and slowly but surely you'd see uh, all of a sudden, like you'd see around the 2025 game mark, like, oh, okay, wow. Okay, now I see what's happening. Um, well, I mean, we still have the phrase "mid-season form," right? Even though, mm-hmm. <laughs> even though, you players, know, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and that and that's where it comes from, right? Yeah. Like the the teams weren't when I was growing up, right? Because they were all just kind of playing themselves into shape. I mean, it wasn't. I don't think they were like hideously out of shape. Some of them might no, have been, but, but there um, were guys that used to smoke during intermissions and stuff. I mean, yes, exactly. And they weren't playing together. They weren't training together in the off season. Or, or you know, or if they were, I don't know. We didn't know about it, but um, so I thought all in all, it was it was there was some really good uh, some good stuff. You know, there's obviously a bit of sloppy play, and they've got to figure out uh, Kovalchuk. Like you know, uh, they've got to, you know, but I, he had his moments. I thought he made some nice passes, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I just think that first line. I just think they're going to have to keep that first line. Well, it's funny you should mention that. I had not yet seen the uh, the Fox Sports West, you know, off-season preview or whatever you want to call it. Ah, right, um, yeah. But they aired it after the game, so I, I stayed with it and I watched it. And I had to sort of chuckle to myself because the first segment they did projected lines. And the first right. projected line was Kopitar, Brown, and Kovalchuk. And, you know, I did a, a round table thing myself where everybody assumed that the top line would be Kovalchuk, Kopitar, and Brown. And the yeah. third line would be, you know, I follow Kempe and Velarde. And at, even then I said, you know, let's pump the brakes on I follow Kempe Velarde. Um, I was fine to roll with the assumption that that top line was Kovalchuk, Kovacar, and Brown. But listeners of this podcast will know I've been harping on this for weeks now, which is everybody assumed that, that Lucic, Kopitar, Gabarik would be a great line right, right when they acquired Lucic. And it didn't work out. And I'm... I have a sneaking suspicion we're going to see a similar, um, you know, dynamic play out with Kovalchuk just because I don't know that Kopitar is the kind of player that you pair with another, you know, A-plus rated type player. Uh, yeah, or, or I mean, who knows, right? And I don't but, say that as a criticism of him. I just don't no, know if that's no, his I, game. I, no, absolutely, and and look, maybe is, maybe it's not, but it doesn't. It just because on paper things, you know, we'd all love it, right? Wouldn't it be great? Oh, they'll go and score a million goals, but it, you know, that's the great thing about sports and hockey is it just really doesn't work like that. But right. but even apart from all that, it's like you put a line together out of nowhere last year, right? Mm-hmm. Like nobody ever saw that line coming. No, they didn't. And then right, and then your two guys have career years, <laughs> right? So, you know, you have to figure, you know, just well, there, and, there was something to it. And and I want to, and this, I think this gets left out. Not only did Kovatar and Brown have uh, career years, but so did Dowdy and Muzzin. And you, and I don't know what the minutes are as far as how many minutes Dowdy played on the ice with I follow. 
But you have to imagine it was a lot, given how it many minutes Dowdy yeah. plays and given how many minutes the top yeah. line plays. So e- exactly. So even though on paper you don't pencil Aya follow in, and three two years ago we weren't penciling Brown in, right uh, on the top line again, right? And and yet somehow or other it worked. And so in my mind, if you have something that really works, you don't take it apart for something that you're su- is supposed to work, right? Well, it's like you the, keep it. the dog and the bone parable, right? You know, where he sees the his own reflection and right, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So I thought that top line looked good, right? That was it was a a great pass I follow made to Kopitar, mm-hmm. and he had a couple of other really good plays, and I think that the second line, obviously, you pretty much have to put Carter with Kovalchuk, whether Kempe is the right guy or not. I guess that's what remains to be seen. Well, I mean, I to me, watching the game last night, I found myself thinking, oh, instead of thinking of it as, you know, spreading the offense and creating a top nine or, you know, whatever the language people yeah. want to use, and I don't think it's wrong necessarily, but I looked to the model that Vegas had, where you looked at Vegas and you said, okay, they had that one top line that was amazing, and then after that, you would struggle to define who was their second line, right? And that's how they would beat right. teams because they had, you know, their third line was a second, second line right. almost. If yeah. you if your king's third line is Amadio, Pearson, and Toffoli, and your second line is Carter, uh, Kovalchuk, and whomever, right? I don't know. You can swap Kempe and Amadio. You can, you know, swap Toffoli and Kempe and put, you know, and put Kempe at center and yeah. Amadio at right ring on the third line. But whatever, regardless. If you have those six players split between your t- two and three line, I think you can produce a ton of offense out of both of those lines. And all of a sudden, you've got, you know, if your third line's Pearson and Toffoli, well, that's the best third line in the league, I, yeah. would, I would argue. Well, it's certainly up there. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. So that's, I mean, I don't, I don't think it much. You're right. So whether they stick with Kempe or they in and out people, you're right. I don't think it'll matter. They should have a, a really good top nine. And that's with Brzezinski and Velarde if they ever, <laughs> uh, you know, if they ever play or, or I guess, I don't know what's going to happen with Anderson Dolan, but, you know, that's a good team. Or, or even Trevor and Lewis I, can step in and out of, of spots. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, but the thing is, I also really like the fourth line. Yeah, no, well, you know, they, I mean, Clifford assisted on Toffoli's goal last night. I think people yeah. really undersell how good Kyle Clifford is because, oh, he's the fighter, but he's... He's always been more than the fighter, right? He's on the goal for the for the cup winning, or he's on the ice for the cup yeah. winning goal in 2014. He sets up the to fully goal last night. I mean, he's he's not an unskilled player. No, and also, I mean, you know, I'm always railing, an old old man that I am. That I think younger, oh, just going to be horrible. Get off my lawn. <laughs> um, I think, I think, let's say, new fans, mm-hmm. right? Um, don't fully appreciate or understand the actual nuances of a hockey team, <laughs> which is you don't need everybody to be a scorer. Right. Not everyone even has to score 15 goals. There are spots on hockey teams for players, you know, role players, right? And your fourth line is generally speaking, uh, role players, right? Players mm-hmm. that go out to agitate or go out to, you know, chase the other team's top line around and tire them out or, or even if it's just to spell everybody for, for 45 seconds and just try and keep the puck out or, or do the fighting and all that stuff or, or go out with all kinds of energy and pick up the, 
crowd, you know. Well, and if the, you're going to have the, three, sorry to jump in, if you're going to have three top lines, then you, as you saw last night with Thompson and Lewis, sometimes you just need a penalty killing unit that, that's what I'm that saying. doesn't like you screw have up your have, rotation. Exactly. You have to have spots on a team. And um, and, and that's why even the third line, right? Like they're, you, you just can't have a team of 12 goal scorers. It just doesn't work. And like I heard them saying in the preseason, and I, I thought they were, you know, someone asked a question and, and, you know, the answer, Jim Fox gave the right answer, but it's like, even some, you can have three great defensemen on a team that's been proven over and over again. You don't have to worry about, well, will that, you know, will Burns, you know, how will Burns deal with having Carlson on the team? I'm right. sure it'll be just fine, <laughs> but you can, right. You can have players. Um, and I, you know, cause I, I think maybe Jack Johnson, right. There was something about when Dowdy was, he just something, he just didn't seem to play the same. I don't know. Right. Whatever. So it can happen, but generally speaking, but you can't have 12 Kopitars on a team. There's not enough ice time. Um, or six for them all or six Dowdies. Exactly. Right. You, you just, it just doesn't work like that. And that's why, I mean, frankly, it's why I love hockey because it's, it's truly a team game. Mm-hmm. One of the things you I've know? heard people complain about is the offense, uh, although they did improve last season. So I was curious because last year the bottom six was sort of completely rebuilt over the course of the season. Um, yeah. But I mean, even even in November and December of last year, I was constantly pointing out like this Kings roster has players on it that weren't in the league at the beginning of the season, right? Whether it was Brooks like or Justin Auger right. or, you know, guys like that. So I looked it up. Um, 258 games uh, last season were represented in the Kings roster by Nick Shore, Tori Mitchell, Marion Gabrick, Andy Andrioff, uh, uh, Toby Reeder, UC Yokin, and Mike Camilleri, Brooks like Nick Dowd, Justin Auger, and Andrew Crescenzi. All yeah, those, all yeah, those no. guys are gone, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's yeah. No, you're right, and that is you're right. That's right. Whatever we're looking at now won't necessarily be what we're looking at at Christmas, right? But two hundred, but that's two hundred and fifty-eight yeah. games, you know. And I don't know, yeah. I don't know what twelve times eighty-two is off the top of my head. I should have done that math. But but two hundred fifty-eight. It's, it's nine hundred and sixty oh. is eighty times twelve. So all right, so so almost a third, right, of possible games yeah. played by players in a Kings uniform well a quarter either way like i said math not my yeah. strong suit um is played by guys who who right i read down that list not only not in the lineup this year but how many of those names would you have back if you ha- if you could today i would have none of them back same right and I, they aren't and, lovely people no no and i i quite like nick shore's game and i right and i have no problem yeah. w- with uh with toby reader you know UC Ogan and looks like he might find a way to extend his career. Your thoughts on Michael Camilleri, well documented. Um, but <laughs> but the point is that's 258 games, and in those 258 games, I didn't count up the minutes because I didn't want to be absurd. Those guys contributed 69 points. I have to imagine wow. that in the replacement games <laughs> that we see, right? Some of them will come from Jeff Carter. Yeah. Some of them will come from, you know, Amadio or Anderson Dolan or whoever steps in the lineup. I have to imagine this roster that we saw last night produces far more points in that opportunity than those players did last year. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. No, I I think once they start to gel, uh, I think we're going to have a good team. Now, 
I, I guess like as, as somebody said before the game, whether it was Patrick or someone, you know, every other, or Jim Fox said, all the other teams look better on paper too. So I think some of the other be teams really, look better on paper. <laughs> well, I guess, I mean, the Sharks definitely do. Yeah, um, yeah. And maybe Vegas and Edmonton's always that, what the heck, mm-hmm. um, what's going on in Edmonton. But I, I mean, I'm optimistic. Um, you know, I suppose if they lost every game, I wouldn't be stunned, but you know, I, I like that first line. I think for, for whatever reason, it really works. And, uh, and if they, like you say, if they figure out the combination of the second and third, or even if they just are constantly changing it, but they come through, then I don't see why they shouldn't have a really good year. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I want to go back to that first line because I've been thinking about it a ton just because the Lucic and Gabrick thing happened and now we're seeing it. You know, obviously the regular season hasn't even played out, so who knows, right? Maybe the first game Kovalchuk's on that top line and it's gangbusters and I'm proven completely wrong. Maybe. But but I just think that Kopitar might be, and this is somewhat off the top of my head over the last 24 hours, but I think that Kopitar might actually be one of those players who's so underrated and so deceptively good that it's actually hard for other talented players to play with him. Um, And you hear that, it's not a criticism, but you hear that of, of, I I have heard that at least of other players, right? Where you look at Crosby and Crosby's success has always come with guys that you've never heard of before they played with Crosby. Right. Um, Yeah. And when need be, you can slap them on a line with Malkin and they're both world-class players and, you know, it can happen when it can happen. And And I wouldn't be surprised if we see moments where Kopitar is paired with Kovalchuk. But you look at Kopitar's career, and he they don't play him with Toffoli. They don't play him with Carter. You know, they haven't, you know, even when Gabrick right. was here, they didn't play him with Gabrick all the time. And when they did, Gabrick was almost a sort of a lone, you know, sort of a, a an extra rover aside from what Kopitar and whoever their line mate was. And, you know, Carter is, is much more mercenary than Kopitar in his playing style. And I think Kempe is a little bit as well. Um, yeah. Whereas I follow is that guy that does all the right. He is the consummate role player. Yes. Which serves yes, Kopitar's I, I, game. It does. And I, I agree. I mean, I, I just think that's the great thing. Like I say about hockey, right? Like it doesn't seem to be on paper. And, and like I said, even Brown, right? Like, I don't know that anyone was thinking Brown would be back up on the first line, but he does play well with Kopitar or they have some kind of, thing and then i follow just fits perfectly with them Mm -hmm. so that's just the way it is right like you don't so for me if i'm the coach (laughs) i go okay we're set these guys play great together and that's fantastic because maybe if i thought like we were all like oh my god a third line if i follow kempe and lewis over it's gonna be great but maybe I follow actually plays better with a guy like Kopitar than he, you know, there are players, right? Who, if you put him on the third line, he's not going to be as good. Well, I not think that, he's not as good, right? Yeah. That's not the fair assessment, but it doesn't work as well. No, but the Kopitar goal last night, I think is a perfect example, right? Uh, I guess. Yeah. I can't remember who dumped the puck down, but I think it might've been Brown, but I follow gets to it. And Fox pointed this out on the telecast, right? I follow doesn't try and corral or collect the puck immediately. He pokes it forward. Knowing right. knowing that with that extra two feet and half a second, he can get control and position on the man who's, you know, all over him. And in that yeah. moment, 
you know, that he gives himself by poking the puck forward, he gains control and is able to create time and space for Kopitar to get open. And he gives the puck to Kopitar. And you know Kopitar is not going to miss that. Whereas in the other no, preseason exactly. games we've seen with Ke- with Ayafalo and Kempe, maybe Ayafalo creates that space. And maybe Kempe is just not as veteran enough, whatever the phrase you want to use, to to guarantee that that opportunity Ayafalo created turns into right. a goal. I- exactly. Yeah. And I, you know, I've, I say this to you all the time, right? So I know you're bored of it and probably your listeners, but <laughs> you know, if you look back in sort of the history of hockey, right, there's a bunch of first lines where the teams threw, you know, a bunch of guys together that were all sort of super players and yeah, they had great first lines. Um, but even, even like a line like shut Lemire and Lafleur, I mean, okay. Shut was obviously really good, but he wasn't really on the same level, right? He, you know, he, but he was fast and playing with those two guys, it worked when, whenever he played on the other line or got traded to another team, right? He, he wasn't all that, um, but I mean, obviously he was good. Um, but if you look back at some of the gray lines, including the triple crown line, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, okay. There's no sense to that line right. on paper, right? <laughs> As being that good. I mean, Dion, I think is one of the, maybe the most underrated player of all time, perhaps, even though he's not that underrated, but you know what I mean? Like, I, I just think when you look back at, you just see, look, Jesus, he was good. Um, so good. But the other two guys were good. Taylor was a really good journeyman. And, uh, and now I even forget the third guy's name. Charlie Simmer. <laughs> oh yeah. Charlie Simmer. Charlie Simmer is a, a journeyman. Yeah. Right. Um, and if, and I always point out the one to you because growing up, which won't mean anything, but, you know, if you look at Esposito, Hodge, and Cashman, Cashman and Hodge were two journeymen, right? But they were the best line in hockey. I don't know. Maybe just because Esposito was so good, but maybe because for whatever reason, it just worked. Yeah. You know, and that's just all there is to it. Whereas when you put three superstars together, it very often doesn't. I mean, it, it sort of does in Canada Cup, but that's because every team is putting their three superstars together. Right. You're not you're not actually playing teams. Right. And I just think that's the case with I follow, at least so far. Right. Wait, I don't think there's any explaining it except that it works. Well, one of the other things that you are fond of telling me um, and I'm not bored of <laughs> um, is that <laughs> it's how good looking I am. <laughs> <laughs> no, is that is that if we see it, the coaches have to see it, too. Yeah, right. And absolutely. you and you always say the, the only time you're concerned is if the is if the entire fan base is saying, why does this keep happening? And the coaching staff keeps doing it, right? But but as we pointed yeah. out last year, every time there was a player that you sort of scratched your head and said, why is that? And then the coaching staff corrected, right? Whether it was getting yeah. rid of Camilleri 15 games into the season or, you know, bringing in Brooks Light, yeah. but then immediately, get, you know what I mean? Like that whole six-line reinvention that we talk about was was the perfect example of, well, if the fans see it, the coaches must too. And like I said, maybe maybe Kovalchuk winds up on that top line and it works out perfectly. But I thought it was really fascinating that they've that the Kovalchuk on the top line experiment lasted for two preseason games. Yeah. I'm not even sure it was two. It might have been one. <laughs> well, one and a half at least. <laughs> and um, you're right. Look, maybe next game they'll try him back again right. because they want to just they're going to keep going back and forth a bit. I think until they've sort of settled, but. Like I say, when you have a line and two of the guys who are in their 30s have career years because you've thrown some rookie on it, right? Uh, I don't know why you would be so quick to change that, especially, okay, so Brzezinski's hurt and we just don't know about Velarde, especially though coming into the season, you you have these two kids that you think are maybe going to make the team. 
So if you have Ayafalo and then you put, and, and, and sure, that means that what, what do you do with the full, you know, if the second line is, is, uh, you know, Carter and Kovalchuk and then whoever's the third, okay, you've got one too many people. Right. And so to Foley and Pearson, you have to figure out, right. Cause all of a sudden now you have to Foley, Pearson, Kempe, Brzezinski and Velarde, and that's five guys for four spots. But, you know, as it turns out, there's always injury. So, mm-hmm. uh, and then, and, and Amadio for that matter. So, so that might've been, you know, when you put a fall in the top line, you sort of create that problem, I suppose. But if it makes the team better, then that's a nice problem to have. Well, and that you just hit on the on the absolute phrase that I keep throwing out at people, which is if it makes the team better. Because I keep hearing from people, yeah. right, whether it's random fans or members of the media or whomever, there's always this talk of like, well, that top line can't you can't have a guy that only scores nine goals on your top line. And I just keep coming back to the team, right? Like the reason I pointed yeah. out that you only get sixty nine points out of those two hundred and fifty eight games or whatever it is, is that I don't actually care how many points everybody gets. The only points I care about is the total team points. Right. And and so, you know, people talk about, well, will Kopitar and Brown have regressions? I don't care, right? Because be- presumably Carter will score more than 30 points this year. Yeah, so, absolutely. So, you know, <laughs> so if, if Kopitar and scores... And into Foley yeah. will probably pick up a few points. And, right. uh, and, and Kempe may, so... Yeah, in the end, um, I, like I said, I, I think it's, uh, I, I uh, you know, I hate to sort of say new fan or young fan or whatever, right? But it isn't a game of you have to have so many points all the time, right? There, there are other elements that, that are just as important, if not more important. And so, you know, I would look at that top line, their total points, which is quite respectable. Yeah. And it, it, it doesn't really matter if one guy scored 150 and you know, it's, it's like, right. It's like the old, which brothers have the most goals, you know, and it's, <laughs> right. the, it's the Gretzky brothers. Well, it doesn't really matter if one only got one goal, if the game you're playing is which brothers. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. Right. And that's just the way it is. And that's how I feel like if you look at the top line, how many, I don't know, I haven't looked it up, but how many points, did the first line score versus all the other teams' first lines? Um, what was their plus minus against all the other teams' uh, you know plus minuses and you know stuff like that, right? And you know, and did we have a good season? And basically, we did. Yeah, we got swept in the finals and that right in the in the playoffs. I mean, and mm-hmm. that. Um, so okay, so there's corrections to be done. Um, but I'm not really sure how much you go because look, they only lost each game by one goal. Dowdy was out one game, double over, you know, yeah. you know, who knows, but, but okay. So I get that, but it doesn't mean that the Iowa follow has to score more than nine goals for him to be on the top line. I mean, you're preaching to the you converted. I, 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 yeah. I, I agree. So let's get into uh, the specifics of last night's game. We'll do a uh, play of the game and player of the game. What did you think was Whoa. the play of the game? The play of the game. Well, that is a good question. Um, the play of the game might have been. Well, I have to think. I mean, you know, it comes on late here, uh, <laughs> and I'm getting old, Jesse. Um, but maybe Kopitar's goal. I thought that was that really was a lovely goal. I, th- I thought that was, uh, and it came at a really good time, mm-hmm. right? They were, you know, they lost every game. As I was, I think I texted you like then I thought <laughs> yes, about it. They lost times. the last six games or something last year. 
I just wanted to see them win a game. And at 2-1, I was like, oh, man. And then all of a sudden, I, I thought that was a really beautiful play from start to finish, actually. I agree, but um, I'm going to go with uh, with Toffoli's second goal. Or No, was it the first one? The one where Amadio flipped it in the air. Yeah, the second goal. No, that, yeah. I thought about that one, too. That was a lovely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he looked really good on that. Um yeah, no, they're both really, both really nice yeah. plays. And, and I think we'll probably agree on the play player of the game. Uh, I'll go with Toffoli, obviously, with two goals. Yes, I, I think he, he did play a really good, strong game. Um, I thought Brickley looked really good mm-hmm. um, as well. Like, I, you start sort of noticing little things he was doing, a couple of moves he made. Um, so I, I was happy about that. And obviously, Toffoli played really well but i i also did like i follow <laughs> yeah no thing. i mean look I, I love that kid and, and i think quick <laughs> yeah. has to also be mentioned yes yes quick was great the only thing is i i it's hard to criticize quick right but i did notice <laughs> that he seemed to be dropping a lot of pucks like yeah a lot of pucks. well i wonder if he has a new glove or something no you might have missed the conversation because i think it might have happened before you were able to tune in but because they oh. were playing in a building specifically built for the nba Ah, the lights, the lighting was were very bad in oh, in, okay. in the ends, right? And then so, they were saying they built, they brought in a bunch of extra lighting, and it was a huge issue right. with the with the you know the stat the uh, the arena staff, right? Trying to trying to modify the building for a hockey game, and so you could even see it on the telecast. The center of the ice was brightly lit because that's where an NBA court fits. Yeah, but out of the peripheries oh, okay. where the goals are. So I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the goalies. Um, had a little bit of <laughs> um, oh okay well that, that makes sense then because other than that I thought yeah he was really good he, even when he was dropping it and leaving rebounds he was recovering mm-hmm. uh, I, and there was only one point I thought oh no I thought oh my god he's gonna have a groin injury um, <laughs> there was one play where he went total split sort of on the side of the goal uh-huh. and I thought oh man that's gotta hurt but he did get up so I kept thinking, oh, he's going to go to the bench. He's going to go to the bench, but but fortunately, he didn't. Um, and I and here's the other the other player I like that I know I know your listeners will just lose all credibility with me, but uh, because everyone rags on him, but I like Nate Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> Who rags on Nate Thompson? <laughs> I don't well on you know online in the comments <laughs> because I you know because I I don't know. Um, and look, he could be one of those guys that, you know, isn't around here, but I, I actually like his game. And I think it's been a while since we had a guy with his sort of size and speed on the fourth line, right? Like we've been having Ayafalo, who, you know, obviously the players liked and he put in a hundred percent, but another sort of smallish guy. Um, I don't know. I like Thompson. I like his game. Like he's fast. He can carry the puck. The other day when uh, when they're playing in Vancouver and they didn't have the top line, he was carrying the puck a lot. Well, and um, I think, as you said, you know, he's fast and he's and he's not small. I mean, he's not huge or anything. He's six foot. He's one. not huge, but he's six not... foot one, two fourteen. Right? He's 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 not yeah. going to get taken advantage of. And no, exactly. Between he and Lewis, it really is that perfect second penalty killing unit that you can throw yeah. out there for a minute forty, yeah. whatever a game on the PK. And if they're your fourth yeah. line, you know, Clifford, Thompson, and Lewis, it's sort of the perfect um, valve as far as giving players a rest or, like I said, getting a special teams yeah. unit out there that's not going to screw up the line rotation. 
Uh, yeah, and you know the another funny thing is, is slightly off, but um, you know that we have all these guys on teams, and they're like fourth line fighters, or they're you know fourth line grinders, agitators, and you think, well, they're not as good. But sometimes, like if you ever go watch them in practice or see them in a beer league, you realize these guys are really, 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 really good, right? <laughs> yeah. Like they can carry the puck and shoot and deke people. They just can't do it as well as Kopitar, mm-hmm. right? But but they're really good hockey players. Yeah. <laughs> I, I used to have the same fight with people about sitcoms. You know, they're like, well, those guys aren't good actors. I'm like, no, they really are. <laughs> randomly enough i just somebody just wrote on twitter actually that they went back and i don't think you'll have watched this show but i did when i was growing up there's a show called saved by the bell yes i right, which is i think i you know some somewhat of a yeah. of a trash kids show right but the guy was yeah the guy was talking about it and he said i just for some bizarre reason this 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 tv writer and actor went back and watched the first whatever three seasons of it and and he said exactly what you're saying, which is the three leads on the show are actually incredibly talented, right? They're, yeah. you know, have amazing chops. And, you you know, flash forward now, whatever, 20, 30 years after the show is popular, and, you know, three of them, or, or at least two of them, Mario Lopez and, and Mark Paul Gosselaar, have actually had um, yeah. careers. <laughs> like, like these, people who get to the NHL, like I was listening one time to the NHL Network and um, on the radio, Um well, all the time I listen, but I, it was about two years ago. They were doing this kind of series where they were interviewing, having guys come on, guys who had just played, you know, a handful of games or maybe played one year, um, you know, but, we're, you know, but so that if you write, like, I don't know, I can't think of like a king who maybe fits that bill, but, you know, if a guy like Siplikov would come on kind of thing, right? <laughs> right. And, and, but really, you know, but interesting interviews, Right. And you would go back and go, well, okay, he wasn't that good. And, you know, they blah, blah, blah. But then the host finally said, look, if you make it to the NHL and you play one game, right? Or let's say you make it to the NHL and you only play one shift, you are really, really, really good. Yeah. (laughs) So as much as we rag on these guys, I mean, they really are good hockey players. And I I think Nate Thompson, uh, going back, is a really good hockey player. Well, I think you're um, right. You know, he's and, uh, not a superstar. He's a no, journeyman. No, but, well, he's a, but he's you a need role journeyman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we used to call journeyman. But, um, but, you know, you need role players. You need journeymen. That's how you make – that's the makeup of a hockey team. It, and, and to your and, point, and like I say, Thompson has played over 600 games in the NHL. So, I mean – Yeah, no, he's good. <laughs> he's not a bum. Yeah, he's not a bum, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm, I'm, I, I think the fourth line may be – uh, once they get gelled, that that will be a good. I think that'll be a good fourth line. So I don't know. I mean, I'm. I guess I'm optimistic, and I know it was Vancouver, and you know it's preseason, so there's sloppiness, and they've got to fit Kovalchuk in because I don't think it's easy. Um, you know, I, I'll be curious to see how Tavares is doing in Toronto, and and a few of the other soup. You know really good players that have switched teams, right? Like, I think it takes a while to incorporate them. Well, Tavares is a perfect example, though, of what we were talking about with Ayafalo's points. Tavares might have a great season statistically, but if Toronto finishes lower in the standings or struggles or doesn't make it out of the first round, you have to ask yourself, is it worth the trade-off? Yeah, and I'd say no. I, I I mean, I would hope everybody would, but... yeah. 
you know, you know, I, and, and then it comes down to me, it comes down to economics, which for Toronto isn't an issue. Right. So, you know, it's one thing if, if Columbus can pick up a superstar and that increases your attendance by, you know, 2000 people a game, then, then it's worth it. Right. At some level. Yeah. Um, but Tavares isn't going to do that for Toronto. They're bringing Tavares in, Tavares in to win a cup. Right. And so you're right. If they, in fact, don't, uh, it's not like it's his fault or anything. It's just, yeah, it, it's not it's not as easy on paper. Sometimes, you know, like when we got Carter for the cup run, you know, it does make a huge difference. But it, yeah, you know, but, but it, even, even that more one, often it doesn't. No, but even that one, I think people don't, you know, I hate to speak ill of the of the former king, but I think people <laughs> forget with the Carter trade, they weren't just adding Carter. They were adding Carter and Voinov because Voinov yes. wasn't playing with Johnson in the lineup. And, you know, well, never, that's true. never yeah. mind the off the ice stuff. Voinov was a better fit yes, for absolutely. that team than, ja- than Jack Johnson was. So Than Johnson, yeah. No, that's, you're right, because I remember that's right. We were all sort of, it's not happy that Johnson was traded, but it, he did seem to be not, it didn't seem to be quite working. Yeah. Um, and then when that trade, everything did kind of fall. But the thing is that that's the abnormality. It generally doesn't, right? Of all the trade deadline deals right. that were ever made, uh, less than 10%, I would guess, results in a cup. <laughs> I would say way less than less than that. But yeah. even but even off season acquisitions, right? And, and Tavares yeah. to Toronto is a perfect one because they didn't just lose. Yeah. I mean, I can't remember all of their off season moves, but I think Bozak winds up in St. Louis, for example, um, if right. I have that right. And Tyler Bozak, you know, is a name that I see people make fun of a lot, but in my mind, he's he's a sort of uh, Trevor Lewis or. Uh, or, or Nate Thompson type where he he's on a team that struggles for years. They start to get good. And then all of a sudden he's gone to St. Louis, but I think people in Toronto are going to really miss Tyler Bozak. And uh, I, no, I do too. And look, I think the really interesting one, because, you know, DeVars will play center and he'll have his own line. And, and in a way that should improve the team, right? You just improved. But I think Carlson will be the, the more interesting one. Because, like you said, it's kind of like the Ducks, but I don't remember the how many Ducks. years. The, the, yeah, the 2007 yeah. Ducks. I don't remember how many, how long Niedermeyer and Pronger had been there. Whether that was the first year. That I, I or, think that was the first year. Prong, I think Niedermeyer had been there two or three seasons, right? Because he joined to play with his brother, and then if I remember right. correctly, they made the conference final in '06. And then traded for Pronger, and that put them over the edge. Yeah, and so I, I, so that now, so this will be interesting with Carlson, because that might be enough, right? It's but they won't go right. They're not going from being out of the playoffs winning the cup. They're going from right making it to the Stanley Cup right. two years ago, and then okay, then yeah, there's Vegas whirlwind, but right, from being one of the top, top teams and then you add a guy like Carlson so that will be interesting although I still think it's going to take them a bit of adjustment, right, because his game is so different. Yeah, but but he's... I mean, yeah, no, I think it's going to be good. That's the thing that right? Yeah. I think Kings fans have been trying to talk themselves Ooh. out of it since the trade happened, Yeah, but, no. Jesus, they're going to be good. <laughs> oh, no, they're going to be good. They're going to be really good, um, you know, unless he's not 100% or something. But they're going to be good. But I will say this for the for the seven ducks. Um, 
not to knock anybody else, but I do think Niedermeyer, uh, it's not that he's underrated, right? right. <laughs> but, but I do think he's one of the best events that ever played, right? And I, yeah. I think because he ended up in Anaheim uh, and played in Jersey, right? He didn't, he didn't play in glamour cities. Sure. Um, so he won't get the Bobby Orr. Right. He played uh, in the secondary team in, in, in two big markets that were overshadowed. In, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But I think he is one of the great defensemen of all time. So, you know, that made the Ducks, right? So when Pronger came in, you had a guy that knew how to adjust to the, right, that guy and, and, and was running the team basically. Um, yeah. The so other... I, that will, that, you know, that'll be interesting about San Jose is, is Brett Burns going to be okay right i mean i know i think he will it'll be just fine but <laughs> yeah well the other difference is that pronger and niedermeyer i think did play together whereas i wouldn't yeah. be surprised burns and carlson are both right-handed shots and so other than the power play i wouldn't be surprised if they don't play together which means that your second pair is gonna have burns or carlson on it yeah and and I think Vlasic is, you know, Burns and Carlson might not be as good as Niedermeyer and Pronger, but I think Vlasic is considerably better than Boschaman, who was the Ducks' third um, yes. defenseman that everybody yeah. forgets about, who also played 29 minutes a night for that yeah. team. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> you, well, you know, I've been saying I've been saying that to you since you're three years old. Right. It only takes three defensemen because that's what I would say. If you look at the great Montreal Canadian teams, um, I, I defy anyone to tell me who the number four defenseman was after <laughs> Savard, Tremblay, and uh, Robinson. Right. Um, and not Tremblay, but Lapointe. Um, I always go back to the team before that. <laughs> but, um, right, if you can tell me who the number four, I know, I know Bouchard was the number six, and that guy, you know, <laughs> wasn't going to make any other team. Right. Um, because if you have three really first-rate defensemen, like really, really first-rate, then you never have – there's always at least one of them on the ice and mm -hmm. half the time two of them. Yeah. Which is, and that, which is and terrifying. If you, if you have a decent goalie, man, you're going to win a lot of games. Yeah. Well, and, and that's my fear about the Kings season this year is that, you know, cause inevitably I'm going to get asked the question, will the team make the playoffs? And yeah. last season I felt confident saying they will, because I could look at the rest of the Pacific division and I could say, well, you know, I didn't think Vancouver was going to be any good. I didn't think Arizona was going to be any good. I didn't think Calgary was going to be any good. I didn't think Vegas was going to be good. I was wrong, but I also thought Edmonton would, <laughs> yeah. would be good. And I was wrong. So, you know, my attitude was, well, the Ducks, San Jose and Edmonton will be good and the Kings will be a bubble team. This year I look at the Pacific division. I think San Jose will be incredibly good. I think Vancouver will be incredibly bad, and the other teams could finish in any any order, and it wouldn't yeah. surprise me. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree 100%. I mean, Vegas might end up being just as good. We were all hoping they wouldn't sure. be. But, um, <laughs> but, but they certainly might not. on paper. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, actually, and, and just from their preseason play. Um, and I do think they have a great coach, which I think has helped. Um, but, yeah, other than that, you're right. It wouldn't It wouldn't shock me. Because you almost can't believe Edmonton would be that bad again. No. And Arizona got better. Calgary got better. Edmonton, yeah. I don't. I don't actually think they got better, but I wouldn't be surprised if they were better. Um, well, if I mean, how, how many years has McDavid been playing? I think this will be his fourth. Okay, so they've got to start getting good. Yeah, <laughs> like, but I mean, but you, you, you just can't waste the talent like that. No, but they missed the playoffs, <laughs> and their and and I know. their solution was to add Kevin Gravel and Toby Reader. Yeah, um, that that 
doesn't that doesn't seem <laughs> no <laughs> no it, it does but like I said I wouldn't be surprised if they improve right and yeah, Ari- no, Arizona had a hell of a second half and they got they added yeah. a bunch of talent to their lineup um, yeah I mean so yeah, so no, I guess my I, point I is the Kings right. could miss the playoffs and not be a bad team right yeah it, no it that, be that, that's fault, right absolutely so it's right and be then a heck of a season right and and you know the simple thing is that if that happens then I think maybe you go for wholesale something or others. Maybe that's when the coach or the staff or you say, okay, it is time to trade, you know, some of our better players or whatever. Right. Or I don't know what you do, but, but at some point you have to go, okay. Um, I guess we need to do something. Well, but I on I mean, paper, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we'll not cross that bridge. when we come to it. Hopefully the Kings will make the playoffs and, yeah. it'll, and it'll all be moot. But yeah, uh... Exactly. So far, I was just really happy to see them actually win a game. <laughs> In convincing <laughs> and, fashion. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, you know, last night was fun. It was a lovely uh, thing. And I think also, um, I think like, okay, so now Faust, it's his second year. So you sort of get over that, right? Mm-hmm. That kind of, mm-hmm. as a fan on watching on TV, right? Like, okay, now it's like the regular crew. And um, uh, so now I'm just waiting uh, you know, for when they're actually start and they have the home games and, you know, when they have all the regular stuff going on. Um, so yeah, I think that'll be good. Um, uh, that goalie thing was funny too. I thought, uh, it seemed like they already had someone picked this year though. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, the extra- they, I mean, they did the trials last season, so I don't know why they wouldn't just run back the same oh. player, but I know that last season, I went to the tryouts and it was a it was the most goalies I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> um, and this season, I just saw the highlights on TV, but it looked like there was less than a dozen players. Whereas last season, it looked like there were more than a hundred. So, I think there were a hundred, which means you need to come up with a word when you're writing about this for what you call a bunch of goalies. Right? Yeah, well, I think I, I I struggled with that last season. I can't remember what I came up with. Um, I think I heard. But it's no, you're right. Yeah. But it's got to be something better, like a murder of crows. It's got to be, yeah, 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 something like that. Yeah. <laughs> a save of goalies, right? Or a, a post of goalies, yeah, or something. something like that. I like post, a post of goalies. Yeah, that, yeah we'll, some, we'll work on something. that. But um, yeah, I want, <laughs> but I want to thank you for joining me, Dad. My pleasure. And uh, we will talk to you again as the season rolls on. All right, terrific. I'll speak to you later. Thanks for listening, Kings fans. We'll talk to you soon.